So, I wake up and I'm, what, what the hell am I thinking about? I don't know, I, I, it's like a, must have been a good dream. I, it's a tip, it's a tip, simple tip for most human beings. If you, if you really concentrate on remembering your dream, you can actually fall asleep faster, re fall re-asleep faster if you just continue that dream. I, I know what flow dreaming is or controlling a dream is and this and that, but... And I've done it. It's... I mean, if you, if you write it down right away, you get up and just immediately write down what that dream is you it really is it, it is those dreams are that part of our lives uh bad dreams though shit if you just immediately think about something else just go to football or whatever subject you could it could be pre pre-picked subject just you can just forget about your dreams and you won't remember them while i was dreaming about something about fucking fucking Brad Pitt. Probably because I saw a preview of his new astronaut movie or something. And then and then when I wake up, I don't know, I, I, I didn't remember the dream, except it wasn't bad. So usually if it's not bad you know, you know, I'm not even thinking about it, worried about it or something. Except you know, you're jealous that Brad Pitt's probably about younger than me but obviously extremely good looking and this and that and and he he kind of got into Hollywood because he was extremely good looking and I kind of know this because I know about his little bit about his life in Missouri but you know just a little bit just a little bit because I only have one degree of separation from Brad Pitt so it allows me to be closer than most Hollywood people than even Kevin Bacon, it's because my ex, when I was married to my wife, when we lived in Springfield, Missouri, thereabouts, when I was teaching over there in Conway for a semester or whatever, my ex-wife, it was, I don't know if it was right before, right after, whatever, um, I don't know, circa... 19, let's see, Hannah was born, not Madeline, so maybe the year 2000, okay? Uh, yeah, okay, yeah, I remember 2000, oh yeah, 2000, that, that oh yeah, yeah, that was the transition, because we moved from Texas to Missouri about the, 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 because we were the Y2K things, and then I took a semester off, kind of, my, but then, I, but then I got a job for the last four or five months there in Conway, a teaching job. And it was elementary school, so it was different. And, and our kids got to go there. Our, 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 my, say my stepkids my, at the time. So, and my ex-wife got to work at the nursing home where... Um, Brad Pitt's grandma lived who was a very significant part of his life and I don't know what happened afterwards I didn't look it up didn't research it but 
And of course, my ex-wife had a couple stories here and there about Grandma, and she wasn't there the the couple times that Brad visited or whatever. But uh, she remembers just that little comment that says, "Why, you know, why?" My ex-wife just thinks I want to do re-separation. My wife at the time tells me, "Oh, yeah, she she's a nice lady, of course." And um, Mention to her personally one-on-one, -on -one, like, I don't really like that Jennifer Aniston girl, you know. And uh, who knows what that means. But I was thinking, who could play me in my screenplay? Well, if Brad Pitt wanted to be on TV... I got my whole fucking screenplay. But he'd be too good looking to play me. Don Draper is too good looking to play me in my screenplay, The Four Loves. But. Could he do it? Yeah, he could do it, but he's too good looking. You can't have. You have to. But you can't have somebody who's like me, who's ugly and fat, play me, either. Because I used to be skinnier, but in my screenplay, The Four Loves, it's... You need a lead. You need a, you need a Don Draper, but who's less attractive, but yet so incredibly appealing. So it's an unknown. You need an unknown male lead. Now, the female lead, I, like I said, my first model, I said, well, it's like Celia, of course, in real life, but Montclair on the show is like, is like a circa 19, I don't know, back, going back 20 years again, Winona Ryder type, with that type of medium length hair, dark hair, light skin, white, cool looking, skinny. Just, but big boobs, you know. That's what Celia was. And my God, she was so hot. She was... How many times have I told the story of Celia? In real life. Now, okay, this is... Okay, I got the screenplay, which, which shows and reflects upon many of these things. But in real life, okay, I'm a teacher, 2002. December 2001, One. successful teacher at a, at a special education school, I'm running the program, we're doing very well, we have, I, I convinced the staff, or the bosses, the boss, not the owner, that's totally separate, but the private non-profit behavioral school, 2001, late 2001, I'm very, uh, becoming successful to the point where we're going to add kids and I, I just say shit these are severely behaviorally disordered kids and I'm an, I have a master's degree in behavioral disorders I've been a special education teacher for over six, seven, eight years by now it's my expertise I'm getting better at it myself it's, not, it's always a work in progress 
uh, one of the one of my they give me another student. I say I need another staff. And well, you know, he's an easy kid, so I accept him. And Mike goes to the high school half the time, and he's an easy kid, so it's true. The other kids live in the group homes, and we got one-on-one -on -one staff pretty much. I'm the only teacher. I got one-on-one -on -one staff. Pretty much with all the other kids, Mike's kind of an extra, he's going to the high school, so I get to reward Mike with, you know, rewards. And all the kids get rewards. All oh, shit, this is what the program's all fucking about. Exciting, good things happening every single fucking day for all the good behavior. That's the whole fucking program. You get positive praise, you get positive items, you know, you move ahead, you move forward, move forward. Well, Mike was kind of already there. He, he didn't really, he was basically with us maybe half the day, and then he went full time at the school, and then went on maybe to a foster home within a year. These kids were severely behavior disorder to the point where they could not live with their parents, let alone. So they were group homes. The school was created because these kids were in group homes and, and the public school district did not have a level 3 program for these types of kids. Local school district of a town about 25,000 people. Johnny Carson's hometown, of course, Norfolk, Nebraska. And, but still, I, I am at least for some staff who remember me, famous for shit. I fucking established that program because... I stayed. Others maybe didn't stay. You know, I also got famously fired four years later, which I can explain or whatever. But I, as part of the story is what happened. Well, well, I know what happened. I've told the story many, many times. It's a true story. Who could play me in this story? Would it be Brad Pitt? Well, maybe. <laughs> I don't know, some other white male, maybe a little taller. Somebody somebody who could like be a great leading man, like I said, not Don Draper, but somebody who's flawed like Don Draper. But like me, flawed. But at the same time, goddamn good at his fucking job. Like Don Draper. To one degree of separation, you got. Okay, so. But what happened with Celia? It's like, okay, so about, let's again. About. Already been a little established a year and a half maybe at my job there at uh, this private small very small private school and and I'm establishing that I you know I got a new kid who, on these level three severely behavioral disordered where therapeutic physical restraints are required at times for almost all the kids and I'm been through that. I got the experience. I've done that at Children's Prayer and Council Bluffs through the through uh, 
Nebraska Department of Social Services or the group home system in the past. I mean, I, I got the experience and then I get uh, eventually the master's degree there. So, and I'm getting big bucks, too, and summer's off. I, I, fuck, I renegotiated my contract kind of verbally. It was all verbal in a way. There's no written contract, so they could fire me at any time. Of course, to my detriment four years later, but... Uh, so, after about a year and a half, I'm very established, and I just take Mike out and go, Hey, shit, fuck, Mike, you're great. Let's go to... Let's go to KSC, shit, you know, no, it wasn't like that, he had to earn it, he had to do this and that, so Mike, this high school kid, who's no behavior problem, really, really, he never had a behavior problem, bad luck with foster homes, he probably showed some history and this and that to earn this, so we go to KFC about 2001, about December, so I just, just, because I like, hey, I got, I got the budget for it. He gets the reward. He earned it. You know, one-on-one with staff is a pretty huge reward to go out to a fucking restaurant. But still, he earned it, and I gave it to him, and I took it myself because I wanted KFC, too. And, you know, I got, what, at that point, about, it's true, about seven staff taking care of seven kids. I mean, that's, that's, Pretty successful after a year and a half because when I started it was just it was me and three staff with four kids and it, it was, we're growing we're growing this business it's it's, it's a for-profit business because they get amounts of money and this and that and see I didn't it's like I'm not taking advantage I'm saying this is what if I get a new kid I need a new staff uh, you know to the point way later well, we had fucking 21 kids, and, like, I had, like, 12 full-time staff, okay? That was several years later. But I'm saying, quote, these are the early days. So me and Mike, just, we, I don't know, whatever, getting my car or whatever, van or whatever, I got at the time. Or just, we walked, right, actually, kind of next door, three or four blocks, three blo less than three blocks. This is a KFC, and there is a woman there that... Oh my God, she's 22 years old. Her hair is kind of long. She's black hair. One of the most beautiful women I've ever seen in my life. And it's like, oh my God. And it's like, I just have to kind of look. I'm married. Uh, my wife is pregnant. But still, I we're having a bad marriage and we don't we kind of both know it, don't know it at the time, but it's 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 true. But I noticed this woman with longer hair, and it's like, oh, and she's just, 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 I don't, just like, it was a, one of the KFCs that had a buffet at lunch. And I don't know how or why our eyes kind of locked immediately for some fucking reason. And me and Mike got our food or whatever, and I probably looked over at the counter enough times to just remember her. Well, two months later, Celia, about January 2002, in the screenplay, 
walks right up into my building, which is downtown. So school it became a school. It became a school downstairs, and then it got established upstairs too later. Walks right in in a leather jacket and tight jeans and shorter hair. Medium length, Winona Ryder, maybe circa 19, whatever. And light skin. It blew my fucking socks off how fucking hot she was to me, just physically. And it's like, love at first sight. I mean, and I remembered her immediately from... KFC, and she she didn't think as I didn't. I found out later she remembered me because there was rumors around because she was living at the at the halfway house for women, and there was a group home for guys, and I had already hired men and women as pair professionals for myself and, for, and my job for $7 an hour. I would hire them. I always had high, always need more because we, we were expanding and more and more and more. And, the, the, you know, the business would get a certain amount of I say I had the luxury of just being able to hire more people all the time. It was great. But they, at geez, at the, at the time, it sound, now it sounds like that's, $7 an hour is a bargain. But still, it was great that every time I got a new kid, he maybe getting given the business $18 an hour, and then and the new staff gets $7 an hour, and I probably get the $7 an hour on top of that. I don't, I, for me, I got, I got good pay. It was good equivalent pay for a teacher at, at that time for me, but not under contract. Like Don Draper, as I say. And she comes in and those tight jeans and that leather jacket and Jesus fucking Christ, we had the greatest interview in the world. It's all in my screenplay. Was that was that, that that little experience that with montage with the character of Leroy in the in the screenplay. It's like or and or, or I should say the, the it's in the screenplay, but it's also in the pilot type or my uh, intro type which I like I said it's, to me it's a book now that I can give you a um, intro one act play very short 20 pages and I can give you the visuals of what it possibly could look like and that you know and I can give you the whole screen like a three screenplays it's being worked on and then there's 26 fucking episodes that's the book and i know what happens after the book because i imagined it in my brain in jail and wrote it down and lost it but i still got it in my brain of what happens afterwards so i got like several seasons at least two for sure seasons that are already documented in my screenplay presentation. And it has to do, it's a love story in a way. It's called The Four Loves. The Four Loves. 
based on C.S. Lewis' book, The Four Loves. Affection, friendship, see, I can't even, charity, and arrows. And what do you think happened with me and Celia? Arrows. Oh my God, we just fucking fell for each other, just fucking immediately. And then within a few weeks, we never had sex, but we kissed three times one Saturday morning in real life and in the screenplay, which doesn't even come up till episode 10. Because the screenplay is really about that first meeting and and then other stories, other stories of, of these kids I worked with and these staffs that I worked with. And they were so unique and so incredible. So I, you could say it's based on a true story, yes. I'm not going to say anything. I'm saying this is shit that happened. I fictionalized it a lot in my book. But shit, 33% of the stories absolutely happened. 30% was based on reality, and 33% I just made up creatively. Mostly of the staff stuff. Kind of imagining, you know, this person lived here, or this, you know, I'm kind of mixing those up. What happened in 2000? Okay, once again, going back to 2001. So me and Mike, we have our lunch at KFC, and he's like, shit, fuck, how, why in the world would two months, a month later, with shorter hair, and Celie just show up? It's because she heard that, because I hired, I hired Phil and a couple other dudes who were working for me part-time, because they worked at the halfway house, and she heard about so-and-so working there or working here. And I hired her on a spot, part-time, because I almost hired her, because I needed more people almost every single day. I needed extra people every day, because some people wouldn't show up, because that, at that time, we're looking at seven, eight kids, seven, eight staff. I mean, I'm the teacher running all of it, and my boss is okay with almost everything. And the best thing was the budget we had for, for, for that I insisted on, too. I mean, we need this amount of money per kid to, to, for activities and rewards because every single day the kids need constant rewards. We got point rewards. We got, they can buy things in the store. They need daily activities that they can earn. If they don't do their schoolwork, they don't go on reward day. day. And all, basically, it comes down kind of like, like you said, it's schoolwork. You do schoolwork. You get today. You get points. You get rewards. You get all this. You have a severe incident. They have a level system or whatever. I mean, no, it's not whatever. It's, I created all of it. All the it was like, but but it was simple. It wasn't so difficult, although it, it sounds difficult. It wasn't complicated for the kids you it's like every it's it's, it's it wasn't but it, and it wasn't immediate pressure on the kids either it was hey you're having a problem you go to the you go to the safe spot space we have several safe spaces if you swear or do anything inappropriate you gotta go to the safe space safe area until you're ready to talk about it and we get through it now, this is with me, and I'm train my staff the same way. And they learned it. They learned it. I, 
I had my five years experience at Children's Square. No, six years, actually, because I worked the group home, too, for a year. And, and then I had, there, it was four teachers. It's like, here, this, I'm the teacher. I'm in charge here. And I, and I had more control over. Well, I wasn't a megalomaniac or anything weird. It was like, hey, kid, okay, we're schoolwork. We're going to do our schoolwork. And you get points, you get rewards, and all this. You do this all day, you get a fucking go on a fucking activity, which includes bowling once a week and includes. Every single day, you get some kind of activity from 2 to 3 o'clock. Every day, I mean, shit, we go all kinds of places. Parks, you know, we bowling, you know, I already said that. I mean, they, they used to just, some kids would just love to just play video games or something on the last period of the day. Well, I, I didn't really run to do that very often, but occasionally, they, once a week, you do that, I would say. You got to write it on schedule. We'd have schedules. We'd have activity groups. Okay. Me, me and Silly was on the activity group together because I'd always put myself with, I was the most experienced. I always put myself with the least experienced person at first to kind of train in a way on activity groups. And the activity could be just go shopping, go, go to Walmart. I mean, all those are social skills, everything. We'd go to the park, uh, go fishing. <laughs> really, we would go fishing as an activity group. <laughs> so it's because the last period of the day, it's okay for a little later or you know, whatever, because we were driving directly back to the group home usually. And these kids were living in a group home. So it's like I'm putting next Celia in my activity group because I didn't tell her how 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 how, how immediately I tracked was I was to her. It was like within a few weeks I could tell that she was attracted to me. And it blew my brain away. It's like, what the fuck? She's too beautiful for me. It's shit. I'm an ugly fuck. I'm 33 years old, and she knows I'm married. No, I, I, I took. I, I never wore a ring. I don't think, really. Although I had one, but I told her right away. You know, she knew that I was married, or you know, because they they talk amongst themselves, or this and that. When I start talking to her, and now my God, she's like talking to me like she's so interested in me. It's so interested in me. It's just crush on me. It's just a huge crush on me. It's like, oh my God, my brain, the, my the endorphins in my brain start to shoot. It's like, oh my God, it's like this beautiful twenty-two-year-old girl, is a woman who's, who's who's like my perfect size and shape that I was just physically attracted to. It's really got the hots for me. And it's like, it's like, and and she verbalized it, and she was outgoing. And we were in the same activity group. We'd play games with the kids. We'd go to tennis, try to play tennis. Hey, I like to play tennis. She says, oh, "I love tennis." And we go play tennis, and I'm the only one who can play. And the kids are frustrated, and <laughs> she can't play. It's like, okay, well, okay, well, we'll putt putt. That's a reward activity. Rewards. It's rewards. It's rewards. That's the thing. And Friday's mall day in my reward group. I mean, it was always, you know, go to the mall on Fridays and with the treat. If you are just with points. See, points you can buy in our little store, like a 
mini items, uh, small type items. See, but even like when I can burn CDs, it's, it's like get a get a uh, Garth Brooks CD for you know for 100 points or something. And it's like it's like I said, there's just so many opportunities for rewards. Rewards all the time. You do schoolwork. You have a good day. You don't have a behavior problem all day. You get a reward period, pretty much. But if you don't, if you don't finish your schoolwork, you gotta you gotta stay back and not do reward day. And the thing is, if you also, these are kids with severe behavioral problems. So if you gotta act out, which a lot of them did a lot of the time where you become violent to yourself or others or need some kind of physical restraint you go to level one and you don't get to go on any activity at least that day for sure but in my system unlike the previous school that I was at it Hey, you at least got to start over the next day. You know, wasn't a retroactive, hey, you have a bad day, you just don't get to go to rewards. You don't get the rewards, you don't get the points. You could start out at 8 a.m. and fuck it up, and yeah, but tomorrow we can start over. But man, that. One day, if you fuck it up right away, yeah, you, that day is not might not be a good day. But maybe by reward period, if you do your schoolwork, you can play cards or games in your room, in your classroom with your teacher, or paraprofessional, or you know, play cards or some kind of board game or something. That's a reward too. So there's like always a way. This is my this is my expertise. This is this there's always a way to make it positive. And it was a unique system, which I think still continues. At least last time I checked it online. I mean I don't know. They don't outline it, but I still consider it my program because it wasn't anybody else's program. Although other teachers maybe tried before me, but I was I. So Celia, about February 2002, we started to just click, like just, oh, it's like, we're like, wow, you're, we're great, you're great, you're great, you're great, you're great, you're great, I got a crush on you, and hey, you know, <laughs> like everything I said was like gold, and well, I'm going to come in Saturday, because... God, I got so much paperwork to do. And says, I'll come in and I can help you. And it's like, oh my gosh. She comes in. And it's like, oh, gee, the big boss was there that day. And it's like, and then she, the big boss left. And it's like, oh my God, we can kiss and we can make out. And we did. And we can let Led Zeppelin CDs on the computers because we had a DVD burner or something. And, and we kissed three times, and, and then she goes, this is, this is, she's like, I don't know, who said it first? What was it, the third make-out type kiss? I said, well, 
I, I said, well, there's a couch downstairs. And she says, well, that would be nice. But I didn't take her down. I didn't. I could have. And I knew the big boss was gone by then. I got the keys to the building. It's, it was safe and secure down there. I. And then she kind of, but then, I don't know. He realized she had to go and she had to go back for a meeting because she was in the, did I mention? No. She was in the halfway house treatment. She couldn't date. She couldn't, she had a therapist. She couldn't do these types of things. She couldn't have a boyfriend. She couldn't accept rides. But at that point, she was accepting rides and kissing her boss. And tempted to go down the basement, although if I could have taken her down, I didn't. So I was married, and my wife was nine months bursting pregnant, but I fell in love with her. And she was in love with me temporarily. I was in, didn't really fall in love with my wife. We weren't best friends. We were, it was not a great marriage. Yeah, I, what was my fuck up? <laughs> Two ways. I had this temptation, but I didn't follow through. And I wish now, of course, I followed through with wish I just would have taken her downstairs and God I would have not fucked her I would have made love to her but within a few weeks we were talking about we're gonna we can't do that and you're married and I'm in therapy and and see but then we still became friends for six months until she left the program uh, to go to school, I think. Yeah, I think. I mean, she yeah, she went to local local college, or she re she was already like a halfway through her college anyway, and and we went out on one date, maybe a couple years later, for lunch, and didn't connect really. I don't know. After this was even after I was divorced, and then you sent a few emails here and there. But the memory of February 2002, though, of all those things that happened all at once, and it wasn't like I said, just that affair, love, emotional affair with Celia, which I eventually revealed to my ex-wife, which to my detriment, and. My daughter Madeline and my middle child being born that week, and within a few days, Tom either killing him, dying definitely, but likely killing himself with a fucking shotgun. That's that's my guess. I don't know. Tom, one of my staff, who was he, he's the only one I had, was had a degree, and he was 
kind of running at that time on movie expanding like i said hey you're kind of the lead staff in this room you you know and maybe you can be my substitute teacher because he's the only one that had a degree at the time and i was never absent but you know and he had his own troubles and he had his own he was talking about how his how his ex-wife was a meth addict and taking his five-year-old kid away from him and how he can, couldn't even see him and all this bullshit. And he comes in, applies for insurance, I found out later. The very day or the next day, he fucking dies. And he didn't turn in his insurance, but he picked up the forms, so... And his sister worked for the organization. It's like it's crazy things that happened that February 2002. It's like I have it all on my in my screenplay in my book, and that's the starting place for the four loves. And it describes a story of not just me, Celia, and Tom, and my the big boss. It shows a story of all the kids we worked with and their troubled youth and their troubled youth and how those kids were Whereas maybe me and Celia had our own issues. These kids were physically, mentally, physically abused, sexually abused when they were so young. It's just incredibly horrible stories. And I used to read the files. And that's one of the things I used to read, one of the themes I used to read the files of these kids, and I just decided not to. It just the cards we were dealt. That's what that's pilot episode. Or I don't know why I rearranged it in the book. I think that's episode four now. It's like the cards we were dealt. It's the name of the episode. It's like I don't read those files anymore because I just accept kids who they are and move forward. No matter what happened in the past, however they're acting out, and move forward from it. It is a thematic, thematic, very in-depth book. 26 episodes, 28 episodes or whatever. I'm working on three screenplays, basically, splitting up my original screenplay. Because it just didn't fit here and there seem like so it's like I got three active screenplays I'm working on and 26 stories that are done they're done things that happened I mean real life staff and student relationships and crazy things and then you add on top of that that madman type it's like I'm a madman it's like I'm Don Draper. It's like I'm not extremely good because I was definitely, definitely tempted to cheat on my wife, but I didn't then. But maybe later, years later, I did. 
maybe Celia wanted to work on her treatment and she wanted to have an affair with me, but she didn't because she didn't want to break up my marriage, but she knew morally she couldn't because she's in treatment. See? Yet we become friends and we was dying, there's a dynamic that was so awesome that we could, we, me and her could take four worst behaved kids in the whole school and just have a hell of a time playing going to the park with them for an activity. That, that was like a, we wouldn't, we wouldn't combine those kids. We could combine kids and take them to the mall 50 miles away on a day trip and just me and her and handle everything perfectly. And that, it was like ridiculous that we could, but we could because we had this dynamic and she was so good with kids. She was so good with kids. And these are, okay, I don't know kids. Okay, these are adolescent 21-year-olds, up to 21 years old. Mostly 16, 17, 13, 18. It's kids, lower-functioning, behavioral disorder. They could not control themselves when they get angry. Shit, fuck, read the fucking stories. Didn't they say severely behavioral disorder who would occasionally get restrained by staff? Shit, that happened a lot. I got a whole screenplay. I don't need the screenplay. Okay, uh, uh, this chick, this uh, sixteen-year-old girl uh, gets angry at Leroy and uh, acts out all day, which causes Leroy to act out all day. Therefore, these six staff got to restrain and them those kids all day. How much fucking stress that is, and I can guide it all. I have to direct it all. I have to con I can do it all. I know what it's fucking like. It is not it is not something anybody can really handle. So we did it. We did it through my leadership. Silly was not good at restraining. She was a little wimpy. Not wimpy. She was kind of tough but she she I don't know, describe her. Uh, what's that girl's name, that actress? I can't, okay. Looked like Winona Ryder, but didn't act like Winona Ryder. Act like this is a tough, just, she was not a tough girl. But I had other staff who were just so good, so great with kids. And I trained them, and I trained them, and I showed them, and I modeled for them. That within four years later, when I get eventually get fired for bullshit reasons, money reasons, in my opinion, but they're saying I'm the best teacher, the best boss they ever had. I mean, I'm talking about signatures from, this is when we had, in the end, 28 kids, 20, like, 12, I had 12 full-time staff working for me at the end. For-profit business. But still, with Celia, it's like it's like I said, she was the 
a love of my life and she had other loves I know that before and after I know that I think her name I think I know her last name I like I said I I think I know where she worked I think I think I looked she's just it's just a couple times I reached out here and there it doesn't matter I think I know what school she eventually taught at. I think she became a teacher, I hope, maybe because of me, because originally she wanted to be a counselor, but I think she, she became an English teacher at, at a certain school that I think I know, but I don't know 100%, but I'm pretty sure. Not openly. It's like, if I ever wanted to run into somebody, it's like, gotta be her. I still love her? Yeah, well, no, but I... To me, she's the love of my life, who I never... I kissed three times one Saturday morning, making Led Zeppelin CDs, burning Led Zeppelin CDs, and I could have taken her downstairs, and I didn't. I could have. God, I... But, like I said, my middle child was born that week, and guess what? Three years later, I got a son. Same wife. About to be immediately to be divorced. So, when that wouldn't have happened, and the four loves. Part of one of those loves is called charity, and that's the, the love that she's dealing with her, in, her, in her struggles. It's charity of God. It's like the faith of God. And I don't deal with that. I My, my lust is eros and friendship and family. Four Loves by C.S. Lewis. It's interesting. It's a difficult read. It's a it's Christian. He's the guy who did the Four Witches in the Wardrobe or whatever series. Narnia series, yeah. The movie Shadowlands. Great movie. With Anthony Hopkins. Deborah Winger. The Four Loves. It's my screenplay. God, my sc my screenplay is fucking good. Because you add those fucking twenty-seven pages and my descriptions of the characters, shit, it's a producer's dream. It's like, produce this shit, motherfucker! But I gotta, I gotta. I'm gonna I'm gonna direct several of episodes, and I'm gonna be the creator, like like my favorite show, Mad Men, like Mark Weiner, whatever, Matthew Weiner. Sorry if I'm not saying that right. I'm the showrunner. This is my show, The Four Loves, and and I and I, I'm gonna be the story, story by blank. Maybe not the screenplay entirely by myself, because I'm working on three of the screenplays continuously, kind of. It's part of the expanding book, 
I got it saved at least three or four places on the cloud, on my disk, and on my phone. It's a great story. It's, it's so much better than this. It's so much better than this because there's it's a story of not just me and Celia. It's a story of 20 other people, maybe 10 staff and 10 kids based on real people. For fuck that about, we'll just have to just put up the disclaimer, not based on real, real people or whatever, but they were. And some of the stories are true and like I said, 33% true, completely 30% a mix, 33% totally made up, dramatized. So it's a dramedy, definitely a dramedy. A lot of comic moments too. It's not so dire. It's not dire. The love is real. The love is real. It's called the four loves. The love is real. Like when we buried Tom, it's like this, they wouldn't let us go to the funeral. So we went out, whatever, the next day and saw his mound of dirt at the funeral. Me and the boys, three or four boys, and Celia. Shit, didn't you think that was a fucking emotional experience? Of course it fucking was. Didn't you think it was a fucking emotional experience? And me and Celia would take out and fly a kite at the park, and me and Leroy would play, go fishing in our activity time. Or the times that we'd take an all day outing and go to the mall and have to walk. Gary, he had to, Gary can't go. You have to kind of stand in between Gary and, 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 uh, Lower, <laughs> shit. Stand between Gary and, and the Victoria's Secrets, because if he looks that direction, he's going to fucking freak out. Because he's a six-foot-tall, 200-pound, three-year-old who's 16 years old. Over-functioning, an IQ about 60 or less. So, yeah, I'm an expert at my field. God, I can't believe it. I think we took the four worst kids in the whole fucking school. It's just me and Celia to the mall at Christmas, wasn't it? I can't believe that we did that. We, I mean, usually we did. We would just take our own activity groups, but occasionally we, or, or depending on who earned, earned it, you know. And we'd have to drive sixty miles to get to the mall in Sioux City. God, what a great job that was. And they paid me well. Summer's off, except for the first one. And Shit, is this still recording? I didn't even tell the story of me and Celia. Well, in the end, just, you know, she, she kind of moved on. Signing off.